All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert podcast. Dylan and Ty here. And Ty saw a bunch of movies this weekend. So yet again, this episode will be mostly him. That way <laughs> I'm not coughing on the microphone and killing everyone's ears. So uh, you're welcome for that, Ty. I know you didn't get to see everything this weekend, but uh, seems like it was a decent week of movies. Definitely a busy weekend at the movies. I had a good time. Everything was pretty good so far. Still got to see The Covenant, though. I'm excited to see that one, too. Hopefully here soon. Yeah, so this episode, we'll do the usual. And then it's going to be a uh, few different convince me to see or not. Uh, we'll kick it off with The Evil Dead Rises. Ty saw that one, so he's going to convince me to see it or not. I'm going to do the same for The Pope's Exorcist. And then Ty is going to finish it off with Bo is Afraid, which is apparently three hours. And I don't know how we missed that because I, I had no idea until you texted me. Yeah, I wish I would have known that going into it on a Sunday, <laughs> three hours long on a Sunday. It's like, come on now. But yeah, not to uh, not to spoil that at all. <laughs> all righty. So let's get into the upcoming movies this week. We'll kick it off here with uh, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. And I don't know why this title sounds so familiar to me. I swear it was either released before or maybe it was a book. Oh, it was. It was Judy Bloom. Uh, remember wow. Fudge, the Fudge books? Fudge, yeah, super fudge. Yeah. So there we go. So are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, is coming out here. It's a pretty decent rating, 7.7 .7 out of 10. Again, that's with a low number of ratings, but an 84 Metacritic score. Um, uh -huh. This will be starting Abby Ryder Fortson. I don't know who she is. She's, oh, she's, oh, no, Ty, you're not going to like this. She's Cassie in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, no. <laughs> So she got her own film here, uh, co-starring with Rachel McAdams, who we probably know mostly from uh, Mean Girls, but others may know her from uh, what? The Notebook? Yeah, I'd have <laughs> to assume so, yeah. And then finishing it off here with Kathy Bates, who I might like her the most out of that trio. Yeah, dude. And also Benny Safdie. Shout out to Benny Safdie, one of the better directors right now. Uncut Gems and uh, Good Time uh, with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, he can okay. kill it as an actor too, as long as uh, and directing. Uh, what else was he just in too? He was in Licorice Pizza as well. Okay, okay, yeah, I did not know he was also an actor. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Freeman Craig is directing this one. She's also known for writing. Uh, I think she also directed, but The Edge of Seventeen with uh, Woody Harrelson. That wasn't terrible. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. Uh, yeah, it's okay. There, it's more like down to earth type movies, uh, coming of age films, which I can only imagine knowing Judy Bloom, it's going to be very similar to that. This movie oh. actually sounds pretty good. I think I might give it a go if I, I mean, I don't know if I'll make it to the theater to see it, but I would definitely check this out streaming for sure. Uh, I like a good coming of age movie like this, especially cause like it's giving kind of like Lady Bird vibes, you know, Lady Bird's yeah. a really good movie. Yeah. 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 So this seems to follow that same kind of a uh, trend where, you know, a family moves and then, you know, whoever has to make new friends. Uh, so it says exactly here when a family moves from the suburbs, I'm sorry, from the city to the suburbs, 11 year old Margaret navigates new friends feelings in the beginning of adolescence. So again, it, it's probably a decent movie. I, I love Judy Bloom. We grew up mm -hmm. with her. I remember in elementary school uh, during like 
the downtime or whatever, our teacher would always read the fudge books to us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that seems decent enough. Probably worth a watch. Um, next one here uh, is Sisu, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong because it's a Finnish movie. Uh, but I believe I feel like we talked about this one before. And yeah, because I definitely I think I definitely mentioned it in like my anticipated movies. After seeing the trailer for it, I think it was during Operation Fortune. I saw the trailer for this movie and I was mm. like, holy shit, I can't wait to see it. So now it's finally coming out. It looks awesome. Pretty much finished John Wick set during like, I think, World War One or two. Yeah. Yeah. So seems to be World War Two, which I don't know exactly how this story is. I'm assuming this is not based on a true story at all because it sounds a bit wild. But uh, when an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the lap Lapland wilderness tries to take the loot into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer battle him so they're literally fighting over gold here with nazis yeah it looks awesome i'm gonna try to see it i don't know how long it'll be in the theaters for though and right before we started recording we just like kind of had a hard time finding it anywhere in the theater so probably won't be very long till it's streaming another one here that we also talked about i feel like two weeks ago these imdb needs to figure out what the hell they mean when it says release calendar because this Mm -hmm. said this release like two weeks ago but now it's releasing to theaters again but it's that from black movie we talked about uh still sitting at a pretty high rating i believe when we first talked about it it was at like a 9.5 it is now a 9.0 but for a horror movie that's pretty good yeah i'd say this oh the shutter one yeah yes i wonder if this would be streaming anywhere else besides shutter i might have to take a look right now yeah, that might that might be worth it here. Nothing, at least on IMDb, saying where it's playing, but uh, coming right to Shutter, and that might be worth the free trial to give it a go. It is not on the other website that we use that is perfectly legal. Yes, but uh, technically it is for us. We're not the ones putting it out there. That's true. So yeah, it's not on there. So one, maybe one of us just gonna have to get shuttered. I think it's probably like three dollars. That's fine. We'll do it. <laughs> Worth the investment for the show for the pod. Yeah. So is this on Shutter now? I don't think so. I think it says it comes out the twenty eighth. Uh, okay, so it'll be on. Sh- okay, Friday. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna get a Shutter trial. One of us could surely get a trial for Shutter on Friday. Oh yeah, absolutely. Give it a go. Yeah. See if it's even worth having Shutter as a whole. Yeah, because we could probably honestly hit all the ones that are worth seeing in a weekend and then just yeah. get rid of it. <laughs> all right, that's enough. Yeah. Another horror film, which I never heard anything about, but it's called Clock. And it, this is another streamer. It's going to be on Hulu this week. Ah. Uh, this film by writer-director Alexis Jacknow follows a woman's desperate attempt to fix her broken biological clock. So assuming with that, it sounds like she probably wants to have a kid but she's a little too old aged out of it whatever her doesn't have enough eggs etc um (laughs) and watching the trailer it's a little freaky here so obviously something's gonna go horribly wrong with this uh procedure she's getting but maybe the biggest problem is she's getting the uh the procedure done by jan levinson from the office (laughs) oh gosh but Either way, there's not a ton of people in this film. You know, you look at the cast and like who they play, and a lot of the people are just like mother number one, mother number two, cop number two. So it seems to be very focused on a very small set of characters. Mm-hmm. 
uh, a lot of like good movies drop right on Hulu. I think the other one was called Fresh. It had Sebastian right. Stan in it. It was a solid movie. Let me see if it was called Fresh or not. It was actually a, a pretty yeah Fresh. It was a pretty decent movie, and it was right on Hulu as well. Yeah, definitely worth a go. Does it? Disney owns Hulu, I believe, right? They're like a. Sub- I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that that makes sense, especially when you're throwing in a uh, Bucky Barnes in there. Oh yeah, and then the other one was it? It was just called Prey, right? It was the other, uh, like the the Predator prequel movie. It dropped right on Hulu too. Another solid movie. That so Hulu's Hulu. kind of stepping yeah. it up here. Hulu's definitely stepping up their original movie game. So I'm pretty excited for this uh, clock. When does it come out? This that Friday, I guess. Friday, yeah. They're all dropping same time. Wow. Maybe we can do a nice streaming episode like next week. We'll just review yeah. all these streaming movies. Honestly, I mean, I'll be busy at a I'll be busy at a wedding, but I can definitely make time to watch some shit at home. So that's nice. Actually, it might be us re- worth reviewing streaming services as a whole at this point. You know, it's yeah. like what one is worth paying for because we get Netflix for free through like my brother's work or some shit, and like mm-hmm. it's trash. There's mm-hmm. so much I don't want to watch on Netflix other than Beef, which I just finished, which was fantastic. Hell, hell, freaking yeah! <laughs> I've been watching Seinfeld lately on Netflix too, so it's good that's for that fair. as well. Other than that, not a whole lot on Netflix these days, but yeah, definitely. I think whenever more shit starts to drop immediately on streaming, we should just like throw it on the docket, review it, for talk it. about yeah. it. And those are easier for people to see than actually yeah, hitting definitely. the theater up. You don't got to go anywhere. And like, like we just said, a lot of the time these days, you can't really find everything that's in the theater. A couple other films here uh, to end this out. Yet another uh, biography film here. Big George Foreman. I'm not... It's a ridiculously long title. I'm only going to read it one time. Big <laughs> George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. Probably more well known for his grills, but we probably won't talk about those. That is wildly long. I did not expect that whatsoever. Why is it so long? <laughs> Big George Foreman, the grill maker. <laughs> That's the better title. Yeah. In this, movie just, oh, this movie is just a huge ad for the George Foreman grill. I'm making a comeback. <laughs> do they still surely they still make those, right? I don't think they do because I feel like recently I saw some stupid article pop up saying I miss my George Foreman grill, like kind of insinuating they don't have them anymore. Let's guess George Foreman's net worth. Okay, I already found it. Go ahead and Boxing. give it a guess. Do boxers make some money? True. Um, I'm going to say less than Stephen King. Which we did last week, so I'm gonna. Uh, I'll give a, I'll give him two fifty, two fifty mil. You were pretty much spot on. It was three hundred mil, but he oh. he made a solid living boxing, I guess. But he made a killing on those fucking grills, dude. That that makes sense. It was a good grill. It was. I remember my dad making burgers on that thing. You just pop them on, squeeze out all the juices, and you're done. Hell yeah! I have really no intentions to see this movie though. I saw the trailer I, and it looks bullshit. <laughs> I don't either, and. I it might be because Forrest Whitaker, I'm not a fan of him at all. I forget mm-hmm. what movie I saw with him in it, but he pissed on a dude. <laughs> and, I'm, I, and after that, I'm like, OK, I know you were told to do that, but you did it a little too well. <laughs> He's, he just loves pissing on dudes with his wonky eye. <laughs> what movie was that? Was it, I, oh, I think it was. Yep, this is it. The Experiment. Um, It was. Uh, this was a a real thing that I think Stanford did at one point, but this is obviously to a much greater scale. But uh, people are chosen to participate in a study 
where some people take on the role of guards and others as prisoners. And as a guard, he's just like, I can do whatever I want. So I'm going to pee on you. And uh, wow. after that, I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I think I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Uh, and then to finish it out here, probably the best movie upcoming, The Black Demon. <laughs> uh, shit. Stranded on a crumbling rig in Baja, a family faces off against a vengeful megalodon shark. So I'm down for any shark movie. But what surprised me was I know the lead actor for this film. A lot of times a shitty film comes out and you're like, okay, these are all just random ass people. But this is starring Josh Lucas, who was in quite a few things. Ford versus Ferrari, uh, Yellowstone, Sweet Home, Alabama. Ah, Um, So he's been in quite a few decent films. And now, you know, he's fighting Megalodons. I thought he looked familiar, but who I recognized first was Hector Jimenez, who is Esquilito on Nacho Libre. Oh my, I, okay, that, I would have never picked that one. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Not only is he in Nacho Libre, but he's in, this has to be one of the lowest rating movies movies ever, with a 2.4 star rating epic movie. Oh yeah, those movies are such a, such like a bygone era. He, he plays Mr. Tumnus from the fucking uh, uh, <laughs> Line the Witch in the Wardrobe. This this movie and like date movie, whatever, oh, they were all so bad. They were just like so ridiculous. One that still holds per, a pretty decent amount of water is uh, Not Another Teen Movie with Captain America. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one was solid. That was That's before it's hot. That's true. Uh, well, date movie comes in at a whopping 2.8 ahead of Epic Movies 2.4. Suck it, Epic Movie. I saw date movie in the theaters. Really? Yeah, that's embarrassing. I I didn't even know what made it to theaters, but I guess for the time it makes sense. And I probably didn't even realize what half the shit was that it was parodying at the time. Dude, I find that out so often where like I'll I'll watch something, mostly South Park. And mm-hmm. then, like, now that I go and watch some, like, older films that they were making fun of, it clicks for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what they meant. Like, when they were making fun of um, Contact, they're like, oh, that movie sucked. That movie yeah. pissed me off. You know, stuff like that. I'm like, ha, 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 I don't get it. And then I watched it, and I'm like, no, this movie's not that bad. And then the end happens. I'm like, oh, that movie sucked. So, I'm trying to figure out when now. the last time one of these parody movies came out. And I can't, I can't tell what year it would have been, but I found one that's apparently even worse, and it's a disaster movie. It's got a one point nine. Yeah. Well, there was that time period where every movie they were doing was a disaster movie. Yeah. Uh, the what was it? Day after tomorrow, whatever, and then it just kept going. Yeah, and like twenty twelve, all that. Let's see if we can get some. There are good. some ridiculous parody movies here. The Hungover Games. It just it looks like it's it's the Hunger Games, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Hangover, and Ted all on the cover. Hell yeah. So wild. Let's see here. What other parodies they got? Um you know you know, it had to be a while ago. I'm looking at just the wiki page for parody movies. And that might be at the Hungover Games 2014. I was going to say, I think that, I think it is. It's at least what I'm seeing so far, too. 2014. That's less than 10 years ago. 
there was also the starving games in 2013 so yeah Jesus. this must be the sequel to the starving games the hungover games of course they how could we not know the the hungover starving games cinematic universe made three hundred thirty-two thousand dollars at the box office oh my god so getting out of that horrible time of movies ty any news worth noting a few things not a ton but uh we'll kick it off with something coming out next week here so guardians of the galaxy uh 3's first social media reactions are in and they're all pretty positive from what i can tell so like i said it comes out next week but uh the film had its premiere uh last week i think in paris but um so far they're calling it the perfect end of the uh the guardians mcu trilogy they're praising how the story is funny heartbreaking and it, it's emotional and uh, people are saying Will Poulter as Adam Warlock's really cool too, so that's cool. Definitely getting excited to see it now, having heard all of that. Uh, the review embargo is up on Friday, so we'll be able to see what people review on like IMDb and uh, Rotten Tomatoes about it. So we'll see if critics think the same. Um, another one here: Scott Mascuddy, aka Kid Cuddy, is set to star in a zombie action comedy called Hell Nah. So I mean, could just be called Nope. <laughs> nope too, nope again but um sony pictures has acquired the action horror comedy with kid cuddy attached to star and the euphoria creator sam levinson producing um also oscar nominated screenwriters kenny and keith lucas are writing the script which is an early development so the plot's being kept uh under wraps but we do know the film is set during paris fashion week and there will be zombies <laughs> so kid cuddy said this movie's been in the making for five years I'm telling the world now this film will fuck you up in all the best ways. Uh, the Lucas Brothers and myself have really crafted a tale we feel everyone who's a fan of horror and comedy will enjoy. You will laugh. Oh, yes, you will. But the horror aspect of this movie will really be something else. You'll be shook. I promise. Y'all know I don't play around, says Kid Cudi. So I don't know if Kid Cudi plays around or not, to be honest with you, but it sounds interesting enough. Uh, uh, I mean, he kind of seems like a guy to play around. Just yeah. Based on his personality. I do like Kid Cudi a lot. I like yeah. his music, and he's always solid in all the movies he's in. You know, like X, which I can't quit talking about these days. <laughs> but um, uh, I saw Kid Cudi. He performed at the Steelers game last year. That was awesome. And it was yeah, you would think so. He, I mean, he did a good job. But you, you know, when you think about like a halftime performance, uh, you would think it would be on the field. You know, center center field. Uh, everyone watching it. No. He was up behind like the Heinz red zone and like, I don't know, a hundred people could actually see him and everyone else had to watch him. The Jumbotron. Wow. I think he's a Cleveland guy too. Was he, was it, were they playing the Browns? I actually think we were. That might be why then. But uh, I'm stupid and I'm thinking of Wiz Khalifa. That's what it was. Very well could have been Wiz Khalifa as well. (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah, I, I may have mixed them up. It's okay. That's hilarious. We all know Wiz, big Pittsburgh guy. But this movie sounds interesting enough. I'm starting to feel like we're getting a little too much of the horror comedy stuff, though, like especially yeah. with zombies, too. But um, all these people that are attached to it sound pretty solid, so maybe it'll be watchable. We'll see here. A couple more things here. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger set to return for an action movie, Breakout from the Expendables 4 director, so he's back. Um, <laughs> after a four-year hiatus, uh, he's back with this movie. 
Scott Waugh is aboard to direct the feature, which will see Arnold take on the lead role of Terry Reynolds. So when his stepson is framed and sentenced to 25 years in a foreign country, Reynolds makes a daring jailbreak to save him and must overcome an overzealous prison warden in a race against time to avoid capture and flee the country. Isn't that the same story of a uh, a Mark Wahlberg movie? It all it's all, it does sound really familiar. Someone I feel like he's played that. the guy named Terry like four times. Terry what the Reynolds. Hell was that movie. Now twenty two. You know what? It probably wasn't Wahlberg. If I'm, who the hell was it? It definitely does just sound like a pretty generic action plot. Like, oh, I gotta go break my son out of prison. That was a terrible Arnold impression, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. I got to go get my son out of prison. Okay, I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you, you did it. <laughs> Killed it. <laughs> okay, now that's Stillwater. Well, uh, Matt uh, Damon. Okay. Uh, father travels from Oklahoma to France to help his estranged daughter who was in prison for a murder she claimed she didn't commit. Oh, okay, yeah. So it that is pretty exactly much the same. action plot. <laughs> okay. Good, I don't know why luck, he took Arnie. such a break from movies, though. Four years. The last thing he was in was Tar- Terminator Dark Fate, I think it said. Oh, God. Yeah, those movies just need to go die already yeah those need to stop love arnold though he's a good dude i went to the arnold classic one time saw him that's cool that is pretty cool uh last thing here markiplier the youtuber uh, is set to star and direct a horror film iron lung from his own script and it's self-financed and it uh adapts a video game so it's based on the best-selling 2022 submarine horror game of the same name so uh Markiplier first gained notoriety on his YouTube channel for his Let's Play gameplay commentary, most commonly in the genres of survival, horror, and action. I've heard of him, but I've never really watched any of his videos. But um, apparently this is like his jam, so maybe this will be cool. But I had to look up what this game was. So it's a first-person immersion horror game. The player controls an unarmed convict, or controls an unnamed convict who must ex- who explores an ocean of blood on a desolate moon in a small, rusty submarine nicknamed the Iron Lung. So that's all really goddamn confusing. But, um, yeah, the gameplay is set entirely within one room of a submarine and a minimal room to move around, and it's controlled using a navigational thing in the front. So that sounds like a terrible video game. I bet it would make for a better movie, but, yeah, I don't know. I like a lot of horror survival video games. I've watched a few Markiplier videos it was Uh never my favorite growing up more pewdiepie guy right (laughs) um so i don't i don't know i never played uh, this game um maybe i need to before i decide but i just know from history you know it's going to be an indie film i'm sure he'll want to do it correctly Mm -hmm. and he's financing it all himself so maybe that's a good sign because he'll have all the power to change what he wants and make it into a good film with mm-hmm. that said, it, other people might want to try to adapt certain things to make it conform to a broader audience, and mm-hmm. that's going to downgrade the movie for me. So I hope it does well, um, mm-hmm. just because it opens up a, a whole other door for him to do this for other games that yeah. should be turned into movies, such as like Outlast. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Um, but they need to be done correctly, and... Uh, for now, I trust him because he is such a fan of that genre. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hope he does do it correctly. Yeah, I think so too. 
And like I said, I think this would translate way better to being a movie than being a game. So we'll see what he does with it. I think that's it, though, for news as far as we got. Fantastic. So, Ty, as we started talked about at the beginning of the episode, uh, you're going to convince me to see or not. You know, I, I have an assumption of what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's do it for Evil Dead Rises. Okay, so I think I'll start. I wanted to start mentioning some trailers, too, whenever I see a movie, because a couple caught my eye right before I saw this. But um, yeah. so a new A24 movie called Talk to Me. I don't know if you saw the trailer for it yet or not, but it looks like another wild horror movie. It's coming out in July. It, it looks like it's going to be a good one. And surprisingly, the new Haunted Mansion movie looked pretty solid. I didn't realize that I was watching a preview for the Disney's Haunted Mansion movie until it came up at the end. So uh, I never saw the first Haunted Mansion movie either, but this one looked solid with my my new best friend, Owen Wilson, and, it, <laughs> and Lakey Stanfield. So it looked pretty solid, but yeah. Pretty solid oh, I, trailers. I, I did see the talk to me trailer. That does look good. I am it excited for that. And the reason I think I looked it up, um, it premiered at South by down here. Oh, okay. And so like they had posters and shit everywhere. So yeah, like, that's why yeah. I gave it a look. Yeah, it looks crazy. But uh, anyway, so another crazy movie here. I'm such a huge fan of the Evil Dead franchise. We know that I said that this is one of my uh, most anticipated movies here. The older ones are so much fun and their practical effects and how like campy and nostalgic they are. Uh, Bruce Campbell as Ash was iconic as hell. The 2013, like in quotations, reboot or whatever the hell it, it is they're calling it now. Um, one of my favorite horror movies pretty much ever. It's gruesome as hell and it's genuinely one of the scariest movies I'd seen at that point. And even the show was pretty solid. Ash vs. Evil Dead. I wish there would have been a few more scenes, but it wrapped up pretty well. But um, yeah, so... I'm just such a big fan of the franchise, but this one, Evil Dead Rise, looked amazing from the trailer, so I, I, was, I couldn't wait. So it's uh, a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. So that sounds just about right. That's the, the quick plot. Um, but yeah, it definitely didn't disappoint, in my opinion. It definitely lives up to that hype around it. Um, it, the, from the awesome opening title sequence, you know exactly what you're in for. It's gory as hell immediately. Nice. Scary, too. The movie absolutely flies by at an hour and 37 minutes long. It was like you snap your fingers and this movie's done. Um, the effects for being practical or CGI looked awesome, too. Uh, there's so much like blood, and I think it said 1,720 gallons of fake blood, oh, which shit. is just <laughs> a lot of fake blood. <laughs> um, so the lady that plays the possessed mom, Alyssa Sutherland, she does awesome, crazy uh, body work and all that. And the way they make her looks awesome. She she portrays being a, a demon, a deadite, whatever, really well. There's also a lot of other subtle references to the other Evil Dead movies and other horror movies, too, like The Shining. Uh, I'm sure you'd have been able to pick it out if whenever you see this, too. I was immediately like, oh, Shining. Um, I will say that I wish it was even scarier. Uh, it kind of seems like they maybe toned it down a little bit or something, and it wasn't nearly as like shocking or graphic as the last one from 2013. I'm watching that right now, and there's a guy getting stabbed in the eye by a piece of glass. <laughs> He's about to crack her over the head with a toilet lid. So that one's crazy, but yeah, I almost wish this one would have just taken that and just cranked it up to like 11. I still really, really liked it. Um all in all, awesome horror movie, and it's definitely my favorite horror movie of the year so far. 
Yeah. I'm already ready to watch it again, and I can't wait for even more Evil Dead. So I landed it on 8.5 out, uh, out of 10 on it. Okay. But since then, I bumped it up to 8.8. Just talking about it made me bump it up even more, wanting to watch it again already. So with just your current rating, Ty, that puts it at our number two movie for the year, right behind John Wick 4. Wow. Right now, I don't know what's going to beat John Wick, dude. I really don't. Yeah, we kind of ran through those scenarios. And it's like there, it's there's very few opportunities to do so. But what might surprise us is like some like smaller movie. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Evil Dead Rise isn't that big of a movie when comparing to like a John Wick, a Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, uh, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I think it might be one of these uh, less popular films that ends up overtaking it, if any of them. Yeah, and like. Like a an Evil Dead isn't really going for awards, anything like that. Yeah. It's not going to be like a critically amazing movie, but just a movie that we like as much as John Wick. It's going to be hard to talk. So I'll I'll give some questions here to mm-hmm. uh, try to get some more info about it without spoilers. I know I'm uh-huh. already going to go see it. Yeah, um, yeah. But for everyone else listening, and if you're kind of on the fence here, uh, is it is it a film that delivers in terms of going to see it in theaters, or like do you? Or if you saw it sitting on your couch, would you feel the same about it? Does it? Do you think it would carry that same tone, or is it a movie that's going to be scarier in a theater? I would definitely say go see it in the theater. It's okay. re- it's really good theater experience. Um, like I said, walking in, the people at the front counter were telling me that they had to check in on the audience every thirty minutes while we watched it. I don't know to see gauge our that's reaction, wild. how scary yeah. it was, or to see if we were all getting possessed too, or what the fuck was going on. But <laughs> that was wild. But yeah. Really good theater experience. It's it's you feel like you're in that high rise, like you're watching it all happen in that room. It's only an hour and thirty seven minutes long too, so that's another right. thing. Like it's worth it's worth going for just yeah. that short amount of time. You're not missing out on too much. But uh, this movie was originally supposed to be on HBO Max, but they pushed hmm. it to theaters. So good thing they did because it's performing really well right now at the box office. But I wouldn't be surprised if it won't it won't be streaming after. I don't know, a couple more months. So it'll definitely be streaming here probably pretty soon, but definitely go to the theater if you can to watch it. Awesome. And then, you know, you talked about all the gallons of fake blood they had to use and mm-hmm. you do wish it was scarier. So what what side does that kind of fall on? You know, are you getting more jump scary uh, type scenes or are you getting more kind of like saw blood gore, those type? It's almost like psychological, just like you're watching this possessed mother attempt to kill her whole family and like it, there is definitely a lot of gore uh but it's like it's a lot of psychological horror too as well yeah. as well as like the physical so it, it was i really liked it i can't wait to watch it again already and then comparing it to the previous evil dead mm-hmm. uh pick one right now you're watching evil dead right now as we as we do this would you rather watch this one or rise it's tough um I really like Rise, but I think 2013s is still like it's still like that movie for me that like really like it shook me. It, it like left a, it left its mark on me. Cause like I said at the time, it scared the shit out of me. It was like shocking, it was gory as hell. This one's still really good for a horror movie, but it didn't have that like shock to it that I was hoping for. Like that moment that I was like, holy shit, this is like terrifying. It's scary, but it's not yeah. like the scariest thing I've ever seen. And then you know, I, I other than the name. Is there anything that like links it to the Evil Dead series? I know they're all not really 
connected other than name. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. yeah, um, are there any links? You know, do they still have like, what is it, the Necronomicon or, or whatever that's causing problems? Yeah, there definitely is. So I don't want to go do too deep into okay. that because it's definitely like they'll definitely you'll definitely pick up on it at the movie. But yeah. Okay. So and it's definitely looking like there's going to be more of them, too. So they're going to keep continuing with Sweet. what they're doing. So that's cool, too. So is it a film you can watch on your own? No one has to see any previous ones. Yeah, no, you don't need to watch it like the the original ones from whatever time the hell that was or the 2013 one either. It's pretty much its own thing here. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I I got to get to the theater to see this one. I know that. Uh, mostly because it's better than the film I'm going to convince you to not go see. <laughs> and uh, that is The Pope's Exorcist. I texted you while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And it it's only an hour 43, but it felt long. It drags, even though it feels like it starts off very quickly. So it's very confusing when I say that. So like the opening scene, you know, he's it's just him going and performing an exorcism at somewhere. And it, it's wild. Um, really kicks off the movie. I'm like, oh, shit. OK, this is going to be pretty good as it goes on. It's not. It falls into a lot of the same tropes that uh, these kind of exorcism movies do. Mm-hmm. And what that means is everyone acts like a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's not that good of a film. So essentially what happens, a woman, her daughter and her son, they move to what seems to be an old church or chapel, something. It doesn't look like a house. But they decide they're going to go live in it because it was in her husband's family and they just inherited it because he died. Mm-hmm. And they, they decide, you know what, we need we need something new to get away from my husband's death and not remember this. Let's go live in this creepy fucking uh, chapel or some shit. And no one is ever going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's one thing if you're saying, OK, this is just a movie. That's they're not just saying that they're saying that this actually uh, follows an event that happened to um, Father Gabriel or whoever Russell Crowe's character is, who was known as the quote unquote Pope's exorcist. So what I think happened was someone like read about this dude and he performed like one exorcism ever. And then they just popped it into chat GPT and ran with it. That sounds probably like they're going to do that with a lot of things going forward. That is exactly what this feels like, because you can't tell me that uh, Father Gabriel went and did all this shit and just essentially acted on his own. You know, it seemed like the newer uh, heads of the what the hell is that place called? Uh, Wow, I should know this. I grew up Catholic. The Vatican, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, the new heads of the Vatican, they're like, oh, your way of doing things is outdated. I'm like, bud, you guys run a church. You're all outdated. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, and uh, Russell Crowe's character, because he's Russell Crowe, is like, no, nope, I'm going to keep doing whatever I want to do. If you want to uh, fire me, talk to my boss. And his boss is the Pope. Ha ha. You're not going to convince him. Uh, but that was really the a big part of there. And then immediately, like as his family moves into the house, Fokker mm-hmm. gets possessed. And, wow. you know, like every other film, it's uh, uh, oh, no, the doctors can't figure out what's wrong. He seems perfectly fine. Let's call the church. And here in comes Russell Crowe fighting around the world. 
and <laughs> he's he's going to save the kid. But it was just it falls into all of those same traps where, um, oh, we got to tie him up. Oh, he can use fucking mind control and make people fly and slam into shit. Mm-hmm. Tying up a little kid seems pretty fucking stupid now, huh? Um, and for a while it was sitting at a decent movie for me. Uh, mm-hmm. but the way they solve the problem at the end, it immediately dropped the score from, I think I was ready to give it a five and then it got really, really stupid. And so I dropped it to a three out of, Oh 10. yeah. Nice. So was not great. I don't know what Russell Crowe saw in this script, nor why he took it on. Cause probably money. Yeah, that, exactly. That is all <laughs> I can think of. Because for the most part, he agrees to only do pretty decent things. Yeah, he's like little characters every now and then mm-hmm. um, in a random ass movie. But he, if he is the star of a of a film, for the most part, he is going to try to be a good character for a good script. That was not this. Okay. So does it pretty much fall into those same cliches you get from pretty much every possession exorcism movie every single just, one that's what i was that's pretty much what i wanted to figure out because that's if it's that then it really nothing sets it apart there's no like reason if, to watch it it's just if, been done so many times if you went into the movie with like a exorcism bingo card mm-hmm. uh, you'd probably hit every single square <laughs> that's that's a great way to put it because i i kind of got that vibe even from whenever you were texting me, I was like, oh, this is exactly yeah. every exorcism movie just wrapped it up and put the Pope in front of it. Yeah. And I, I think what I texted you was there was substance in this story and they fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, was really what it was. Cause uh, a comment I saw about the film before I watched it was it's a mixture between uh, the exorcist and the Da Vinci code. I'm like, oh, that's uh, okay. interesting. Why would they say that? And then watching the movie, I'm like, oh, okay. There's a little bit more mystery around the place that they, um, that family moved into. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would have went with that and just put all the exorcist shit to the side. I know yeah. it's in the fucking name. Doesn't mean you have to go full horror. It could have been a thriller mystery um, for like the, this Father Gabriel figuring out why this uh place is possessed what's going on here because that backstory was so much more interesting than oh no my kid's possessed uh help me help me um but they chose the former and it was just bad <laughs> yeah. that pretty much that pretty much it for me you convinced me i'm not gonna give it a go <laughs> yeah so for anyone listening if uh you were deciding whether or not to watch this don't it's not even a streamer you know, there's some movies where it's like, I'm okay watching it if I didn't pay money. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of those. I wish I never would have saw it. Yeah. What a letdown. What a bummer. Yeah. And what confuses me the most, I put this on Letterboxd or whatever, why the rating is so high. Um, the 6.2 out of 10 for an Exorcist movie does not track with me at all. And yeah, and the same same with um, Raw Tomatoes. It's got an eighty two percent audience approval, I, but only fifty one percent critic approval. So people I, like it more than audience or more than critics, but yeah, still weird. I I think I think it's because of 
how the end goes. Um, that they're like, oh, it's so different. It's 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 great. Russell Crowe's so good, and I'll be honest, Russell Crowe was very good in the film. It's mm-hmm. just the story was stupid. Yeah, so don't go see it. That's uh, that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, I don't think I will. <laughs> to uh, close out the episode here, Ty. Yet another uh, all all horror films we're, we're doing here. Um, probably the most curious one is what you're about to go into with Bo is afraid. The newest uh, film in Ari Aster's resume. Yeah, the newest Ari Aster joint, as they as they say. So, <laughs> Bo is afraid. Completely different than anything we just talked about, man. It is truly one of the wildest and weirdest movies I've ever seen. So, following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic, Kafkaesque odyssey back home. So, I get that's what he's going for with the odyssey, the three-hour long, but I had no idea going... I had no idea it was going to be three hours going into this, and I also didn't even know really what to expect because the trailer is kind of just all over the place. So I was essentially going in blind, which is good. Um, It's definitely strange. It's unique, and it's like something I've never really seen before, and I don't know if we'll get anything like this again. It's it's pretty (laughs) polarizing, it seems like. So Ari Aster is definitely taking the audience on a trip of literally – trip literally – uh, of what it's like living with extreme, extreme anxiety and fear constantly through Bo. Uh, this movie doesn't hold your hand and it won't walk you through what you're watching. So you don't know what the hell you're watching. It's not going to be like, here's, we're doing this and this and this. You see what you see and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's supposed to just be for your interpretation of what you get out of it, what you want to get out of it. So people that go into this expecting a straightforward, goofy horror thriller or whatever the hell this is. They won't get it, or they probably won't like it. Uh, if you're just expecting like a Midsummer or a Hereditary, you're going to be like, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, Joaquin's amazing in this, though. It's He's truly just one of the best actors right now. The way he portrays Bo and all the emotions he goes through is just wild. Um, you see his big old nuts, too. <laughs> it's funny. It's They're not actually his nuts, but it is hilarious in the movie why Bo has these big-ass nuts, dude. It is so funny. <laughs> that's a that's not a spoiler, but it it's a spoiler a little bit. He's got these huge freaking balls. <laughs> that's good. But uh, there that's what I was just gonna. There are some genuinely laugh out loud moments in between all the chaos and the confusion and the anxiety inducing moments. So yeah, like I I liked it. I still think it's weird as fuck, and I don't know what the hell really I watched. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't think it needed to be three hours long, even though like. It's Ari Aster's vision, his epic, whatever. Uh, but I think at least one person got up and left for it was over. <laughs> but I, I think I ended up at a 6.5 on it, and I've since bumped it up to a 7. Just because it's so fucking wild. Like, it is just truly nuts. It's got great performances in it. But, I, yeah, it's just wild, dude. I don't even know how to explain it. You're just going to have to watch it. And I can't wait to see your take on it because it's, it's something. Yeah, I, we might have some polarizing views there once I eventually see it here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently tied for third place of our yearly rankings. Again, mm-hmm. this is just with you. You know, we don't have my score in there yet. But but still, with that seven, that's bumping it up there pretty good. Yeah, I I wanted to go a little bit lower on it. But the more I was, sat, I was sitting and thinking about it, I was like, 
I get what he's going for here. I liked it, but I just don't know if I can watch it again. I, I'm sure I might check it out again, but it is just like it's it's nuts. Is that maybe a flaw in itself? You know, it's a movie that's three hours long, and you're like, man, I don't think I want to watch that again. But yeah. if you did give it a second watch, would it maybe even be better because you're noticing more things? It probably would together more. It, it probably would be better on a second watch, honestly. Almost, okay. I would have to say. Now, kind of knowing what to expect and maybe being able to pick up on other little things, it might be better on a second watch. So that's, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Is it too long? Does it drag out? I did check my watch several times in the theater. I was like, holy mm. shit, I still have another hour and a half to go. I think I checked it like after an hour and a half and I was like, oh my God, like barely halfway through this movie right now. Jeez. Yeah. And it's longer by a lot. Hereditary was only two hours, seven minutes. Midsummer two hours, 28 minutes. This is A24's longest movie, like the entirety of A24. It's their longest movie just in general. And so, man, I don't even know. Is the story. Is it linear? Like, you know, you have all of his different ages here or is mm -hmm. it kind of going back and forth between, oh, this is what happened when I was a kid. Oh, this is what happened when I was uh, an older man. Or is it uh, kind of uh, back and forth? It is pretty linear, but then you do get some of those cuts to Bo Young and Bo Old or whatever the hell. Okay. Any, you yeah. know, you said Joaquin has his standout as you would hope as, as oh, a yeah. role. But yeah, he's amazing. How about anyone else? Amy Ryan, Nathan Lane? Are they Nathan Lane was really funny and we were talking about him and he was he was funny. I'm, I'm going to look and see the other actors uh, names real quick here. Because there is another actor that stands out that was pretty good, too. Um, Patty Lupone. Patty. Lupone? She plays his mom in the movie. Okay. Oh, there she is. Okay. Yeah. And you also recognize Amy Ryan from The Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just <laughs> random. Uh, I see Bill Hader is in this. Yeah, <laughs> he's a quick cameo. He's a UPS guy. Okay. He just pops up. That's another one of those just funny ass like there's there, like I genuinely laughed out loud a lot in this movie. And that's like another reason why I, I end up going a little higher on my score here, because a lot of the times you're like, what the hell am I watching? But then something will happen that's just cracking up hysterical. And, you know, a lot of the times, well, in his other films, they weren't really meant to be laughed at all. You know, hereditary, not at all. Mm. Midsummer, I can see some funny moments but you're probably not supposed to laugh it's just so out there that you kind of giggle a little bit yeah um so his other films hereditary obviously has a major point in the story that has that massive shock value mm -hmm. midsummer does as well maybe not to the extent of hereditary mm -hmm. is there is there one of those moments in bo is afraid I think the entire movie is one of those moments. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like, you're just like, you're trying to figure out what's going on and you're trying to think what's going to happen next. Uh -huh. And then you, it just never happens. You just don't know what's happening next. You never predict it. Yeah. You don't know okay. what the hell is going to happen next. Yeah. It, you know, the more you talk about this film, the more I kind of, uh, watch trailers and I, I don't, I, I don't read really any other reviews. Uh huh. Um, just because I want to go into this film almost blind. 
that's the best uh, way to do it. That's like I said too. Like I pretty much did the same because I I caught a couple of the trailers either in the theater or whatever. But the trailer, I guess I have, I should watch the trailer again now after having seen it yeah. to see how it, how it reflects on the movie. But it doesn't. You don't know what you're watching when you see that damn trailer. And then I think the last question I want to ask you is is something that I worry about and something I've noticed not just with Ari Aster, but kind of with A24. You know, I think they've kind of solidified their self as a production company that's willing to take those risks Mm -hmm. and do some wild movies. And that obviously has rewarded them a lot. They just want a best picture. Mm -hmm. And now they have a a show that is possible to gain an Emmy with Mm -hmm. beef. So obviously they're taking these risks and it's paying off. But I always worry with these movies, um, you know, hereditary, was probably the one to kick it off. You're like, this movie's fucking nuts. And it just sits with you. And it's probably top five best horror films in the past 10, 20 years. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it has to sit up there. And so when I when I saw Midsummer, I was expecting that kind of level. But as the film kind of went on, I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to get what I got out of Hereditary here. It feels like they're trying to push the boundaries of what they can get away with. Do you mm-hmm. feel that with Bo is afraid? Do you feel like, Hey, I'm Ari Aster. People know my name. People are going to go see my movie. I'm just going to make it fucking wild. I think this is definitely the a 24 gave the reins to Ari Aster because they trust him to do what he wants now after uh-huh. having two really successful movies for them. And, uh, that relationship he has with them, they, they trust him to go out and make his movie that he's been wanting to make forever. So he finally gets to do that here. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's not really trying to go and be the next like hereditary or anything like that. It's just, Hey, Ari, here you go. Here's your budget. Make the movie you've been wanting to make. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I, this is just right. I'm looking at Ari Aster's page, uh, on IMDB and you need to watch this because, um, you've already seen Bo is afraid. He has another short film called Bo. Did okay. You see that? No, I haven't, but I I did read something about it on IMDb. I I don't know much about it though. And so I I'm curious. It doesn't sound like they're related or this inspired, but was afraid at all. Um, but I you should take a look at it just to see if it is because it's only seven minutes long. Okay, I wonder um, where it is. But it says a neurotic oh, middle-aged man's trip to visit his mother is delayed indefinitely when his keys are mysteriously taken from his door. He is subsequently haunted by an increasingly sinister chain of upsetting events. That is, that is just Bo's afraid. Is it? That is Bo's afraid. Yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe, maybe I can just watch the seven minute one and not the three hour one. <laughs> you definitely still have to watch the three hour one. I okay. hate to break Damn it, it. But, <laughs> but, but yeah. So it sounds like he just took that and then cranked it up to fucking a hundred for this movie. He also, uh, uh, really took that budget and ran. It feels like, you know, seven minutes to three hours. And then there's only four people in the film. Ari Aster himself is in it. Yeah. I'm going to try to see if this is on YouTube or what. Yeah. We got to find that somewhere. And if it is, I'm not going to watch it until yeah, down. after. Um, I don't want anything uh, ruined for me. Definitely don't uh, watch it. Let's do short film. I'm just curious. I think it is, it is on, on here. YouTube. Maybe. Uh, Bo. Short films. 
No, that's not it. That's not it. Never mind. Well, that, nope, that's four minutes, so that's only half of it. There's reaction videos. You know what? We're, you'll probably be able to find it uh, somewhere else. Oh, right. Okay, I know. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anything else you want to say about this movie, Ty? This is probably, this is a big investment. So what you say here really matters. Should people see this in theaters, spend their time and money to go watch this, or should they wait? I think you should probably go and watch it at the theater because if you watch it at home, you might be tempted to watch your phone or pick something yeah. else up or change the channel or fuck off and do something else. I think if you're at the theater, you're stuck with this movie and you're going to be like, what the hell am I watching? And that's really the point. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like torture. Mm, but it's but maybe. it's meant to be. Yes. That's We're paying yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. And that's kind of like the movie's point. Okay. Then that sounds like a movie for the Alamo because uh, they will not let you look at your phone. You'll get kicked out. There you go. Maybe yeah, I'll man. It is just, it's wild as hell. It's really like nothing I've ever seen before. I'm kind of trying to think of something that's even similar. Maybe like, I don't want to say maybe, I don't want to say until after you've seen it. That okay. way it's not like, I don't want to draw comparisons. Fair enough. I will try to force myself into the theater sometime <laughs> this week. Yeah, so it we is an investment. It. it is definitely a time investment, so it's tough, but it's, it'll be worth it. I think you'll probably like it, but I like, like okay. me, you'll be like, what the fuck is yeah. that? Yeah, it feels like we a film that it. might be one, one or the other for me. Yeah. You might hate it too. That's fine. Either way. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that'll do it here, Ty. We got a few films to see this week. I believe you said you're going to see uh, Covenant, which I also want to see. That seems to be getting some great reviews. Yeah. Uh, we already know we both like uh, Guy Ritchie, so mm -hmm. definitely going to give that one a go. But even like the uh, the streamers, those two Definitely think films. we should do the streamers for sure. I think yeah. I'm going to try to go to see the Covenant this week. I really want to see it while it's still in theaters. I don't want to have okay. to wait to see it. Maybe perhaps Wednesday I'll go after work, just run and see it. And then, uh, yeah, I, sometime this weekend, catch all these streamers. Maybe at least one or two of them. I think we got, what, three? Three of them yeah, or uh, two? What, Clock and then... Uh, clock and uh, the Shutter one. Blah, blah, from Black. Black. Is it From Black? I, yeah, From Black. Like, yeah. Okay, that's it, yeah. So we got two streamers this week. So that'll be cool. Yeah, those will be good. That'll be perfect for the next well, episode. You know what? One of those will be good. I bet one sucks. That's definitely a fair bet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that does it here, Ty. You know, we got we got the NFL draft, so a little other things happening here this week that we're, we'll oh, be watching. Yeah. But that's true. Some fun times. Big week ahead. I think that does it, and we will see everyone next time. See ya. Bye bye. <laughs>